I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Thanks, Brennan, here for another edition of the High School Football Podcast. Doing a little bit different this year, obviously. We're going to be here at the studios at Fitness Quest 10. Big, huge thank you to Todd Durkin helping us out and uh, giving his space for me to use. Um, a great podcaster himself, great motivational speaker, obviously the uh, owner for a long time of Fitness Quest 10, a great gym here in Scripps Ranch area. Um, you know, I've known Todd a long time. Parents have worked out with him for a long time. I've been able to work out for him um, for a very long time. And uh, when he said he'd, he'd open up his studio for us to do the podcast, uh, couldn't couldn't be happier uh, to make this partnership work. So I'm I'm very grateful and thankful uh, for Todd Durkin for making this happen. But it's going to be fun this year again, and uh, we're going to be doing it here most of the time. We'll be joined by Top Dog. We'll be joined by some of the different media members throughout San Diego as guest hosts as well. We'll have, we'll have some teams in here and, and, and discuss some high school football. Uh, obviously, kind of keep, keep the same format as, as well, and uh, we'll dive into it. I mean, a- after a week zero, that was pretty eventful. It's, it's going to be a fun time here in high school football in San Diego, and I, I really think a lot of the time, or should I say a lot of the races are wide open. Uh, for the open division for D1 for D2, D3, D4, I mean, you go down the list, I think there has been a lot of parity this season in high school football. Um, and I, I think you saw it last night, or should I say last weekend, uh, last Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of that in just a little bit. But I want to talk about some of the games that happened last week in Week 0. Let's talk about the game of the week. Helix Highlanders beat the Mira Mesa Marauders 41-21. According to Cal Preps, Mira Mesa uh, was favored by about 26 points. Uh, or Sorry, Helix was favored by about 26 points over Mira Mesa. Uh, and Helix really took care of business and showed you know, why Helix is Helix. And I've had that saying on this podcast. I've said it a lot of times. I mean, my dad's been saying it to me for a long time uh, since he's a Grossmont Foothiller alum. But you know, Helix is Helix until proven otherwise. Last year, even in a down year, Helix still went to the Division One Championship game and won the Division One Championship and then lost to Modern Day in the semifinals of state, but they still were in the state playoffs in a down year for a program that, you know, has really dominated San Diego for the, you know, the last decade or at least since the year 2000. But Helix got off to a pretty good, strong start. They beat a Mira Mesa team that I thought they would beat. I was actually at that game and went out to that game, and Helix looked pretty good. And it's a little bit different now with the, with the new head coach, and, and we'll see the way things are. But it, it, it looked a little bit different, more of a spread team, threw the ball a little bit more than what tra- Helix was traditionally used to of, of maybe running a spread offense and then pounding the rock. They still have another Noah on their team. Uh, and when I asked about it, it is the final Noah of the, uh, of the Noah family uh, pipeline going through Helix. But that being said, Helix had a really good win, and I really think Helix will be part of the equation in the end of the part of the Open Division Championship. Uh, North County Game of the Week was Poway, and granted, this was a hell of a football game in which Poway came on top. Poway was able to uh, cut into that 10-0 deficit that they were in. Granite Hills jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Poway weathered the storm, ended up winning the game 31-19. I really think Poway has the opportunity to not only do a lot of damage in Division One because they are Division One this year, 
I think Poway's got a really good chance of making the Open, as crazy as that sounds. With the teams like Cathedral and Carlsbad and Modern Day and Lincoln and Mission Hills and Helix, you start looking at, at Poway's schedule and the way it pans out and the way CIF's doing their ranking system, Poway's got a shot. And we'll see what Poway can do coming up this week when they go down to East Lake to take on the Titans, who I'm sure will be looking to avenge their loss last week against Apple Valley, who is a really good football team. We'll talk about that in just a second. Poway's got 35 seniors on their team, very senior heavy, a team that was pretty good last year as well, a team that you know played a lot of young guys in that in that in that shortened season, that 2020 spring season. I really like Poway. I think Poway is going to be a pretty good football team this year. Uh, out in East County, Steel Canyon beat Heritage, uh, forty-one to thirty. Um, you know, improved to one and zero in the year. Uh, Steel Canyon was is heavily favored in that game as well, according to Cal Preps. Heritage not not necessarily um, one of the best teams in the state, but you know something that Steel Canyon had to do because of the way that the scheduling is nowadays. So Steel Canyon goes out, they beat Heritage, they beat them by eleven points. Uh, but Steel Canyon's got a very tough schedule as always. They will play almost everybody in the Western League including Saints, including Cathedral, including Lincoln, including Madison, who they'll play next week, as well as playing a team like San Clemente late in the season, who seems to be playing a lot of San Diego teams now more than Southern Section teams. So Steel Canyon, another tough season potentially, at least on the schedule. Steel Canyon has uh, got an opportunity again to, to be in contention, and if they take care of business on their schedule, they should be uh, in line to win a Division One championship, maybe knocking the door of the Open. In the South Bay game of the week, Madison really flexed their muscle, in my opinion. I thought Madison looked outstanding. They really put the time in over the last couple of years. They played a lot of sophomores you know, last year and the year before that. They were a very young football team. Uh, they took their licks in that spring season, that six-game season. Um, you know, They did it again as juniors last season. And now they're seeing the fruits of their labor as they put up a 47-7 victory over Otay Ranch last week. Now, I know Brad Burton's in his first first uh, season as the head football coach at Otay Ranch. I got to coach with Coach Burton when he was at Cathedral. Um, and uh, he's, he's one of those high school football in San Diego, you know, f- you know the families of, families of lore in high school football in San Diego, him and his brothers. Uh, were outstanding players back in the day and are continuing to do that as coaches now. And so Brad now gets the opportunity to coach, uh, be a head coach at Otay Ranch. It's going to be a little bit of a time as they get adjusted to the new coaching system, but I would imagine Otay Ranch is going to be trending in the right direction, um, but it's a tough loss to the Madison team that is very good. Madison, again, one of the teams that I thought... I, I thought if you look at the way... Madison played, and if you watch the highlights on the PPR, I think Madison's one of the top four teams in the county. They went out and they did really well in passing league, which passing league is passing league. Seven on seven is seven on seven. That's what it is. I know, I know, I know. You know, Top Dog disagrees with me on that. I know a lot of you disagree with me on that. Um, I think there, I think there's a tremendous difference between a seven on seven team and a football team. It, there just is, and and there's benefits of seven on seven, and there's, um, you know, and, and there's a reason why everybody does it in practice. But at the end of the day, it's different. It's just a different environment than regular football. And Madison proved both of the that they could compete in both of those things over the summer, when they beat a lot of good teams, when they won the San Diego State tournament, to now when they're putting it together with their linemen. They look like kind of a helix team with the way that their kids are, the athletes they have, the line that they have, the way they run the football, the way they're able to pass the football. I really think Madison's going to be a threat in the Western League for a team like Cathedral, for a team like Lincoln. Don't count out Madison yet in the Western League. I think the Western League's wide open. If, if you want to be honest, if, I, if, if I'm being honest with you, I think it's wide open. Let's talk about the city game of the week. El Camino flexed their muscles on the very young St. Augustine football team. They go in, they win 30-13 to at Mesa College, where St. Augustine's back playing their home games, which is great. I love to see that. I love the way that Saints puts on their, their game day experience for such a small school, the way their alumni is, the way they tailgate at Mesa. It's an outstanding place. It's one of the, it's one of the college-like environments of high school football here in San Diego that you get to experience, and I'm glad that they're back at Mesa College. Now, that being said, it was the first game of the Ron Gladnick era, and I think he's going to be able to turn it around eventually, but it's going to be tough this year. 
they're playing seven freshmen, and I'm not just—I don't just mean playing seven freshmen. They are starting seven freshmen on that varsity uh, squad, and they're kind of going to go down the path of Madison and, and some of these teams that I mentioned, in which they they took their lumps as younger underclassmen, and then they put it together this season, at least so far, and have done an excellent job. So that's that's kind of the trajectory Saints is going to go. Uh, you know, obviously get the new regime in there, get the young freshmen in, get them used to what they're going to do, what the program's going to be like. I thought Rod and Gladnick did a great job of hiring the coaching staff that he did. I think they got an all-star type coaching staff. And what they've put together there at St. Augustine is built for the long haul. And you might not see the results this season, but you're going to see it over the next couple of years as they build that program back to where it was a couple of years ago as they transition now to the Ron Gladnick era of St. Augustine High School football. So we'll see how that transition works. But St. Augustine, it might be a tough year for them this season. They still got a really tough schedule from last year. They got to play Santa Margarita. They're in the best league in San Diego. That's not even a debate anymore. The Western League is flat out the best league in San Diego. How many leagues have multiple state champions in it? It's tough to say. And multiple previous winning state championship teams in it. It's the best league in, in, in San Diego by far. I don't The Avocado, Avocado League's good. I think it's very top-heavy, but I think top to bottom, the Western League is the best in San Diego. So another tough another tough stretch there for St. Augustine as well. Um, as you look at their schedule, they got to play Santa Margarita. They got to, uh, you know, they play the, the rest of the Western League, obviously, and they got teams like Steel Canyon, Helix. They got Modern Day again. So they're, they're playing the best of the best in town. They play both Oceanside schools and El Camino and Oceanside. So it's going to be tough for St. Augustine. It might be a two-win season for Saints. Seriously, it might. But this got to make them better in the long haul. And you got seven freshmen starting on your team. That's going to be seven tough fre- sophomores next year and an even tougher seven juniors when they become juniors. So a lot to lot to be like all you Saints fans out there. I know you know as a Cathedral guy, a lot of people want at Saints want to give me a hard time. You're going to be in good shape with Saint Augustine. They're going to be good. Maybe not this year, but they're going to be good in a couple years. Let's talk about El Camino. I thought El Camino had a pretty good line. I thought they had on paper, or, or should I say, on the PPR when I was watching the highlights, they looked like they had the biggest line in the county yet again. And if they can play like that, they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams in the Avocado League, which I think is also wide open right now behind Carlsbad. I think Carlsbad's still a team to beat in the Avocado League, but as of right now, I think El Camino can give them a fight, and I think there's another team out there that's actually a big sleeper. There's a team that's a sleeping giant in the Avocado League that might do a lot of damage this season. I'll talk about that in just a little bit. Let's keep going down the list of some of the games that we talked about that were some of the big games. Uh, A notable game, Central. Came out and punched Mount Carmel in the mouth. Jumped out to a 27-0 lead at halftime. Ended up winning 48-20. I thought that was a big shocker on Friday night. We'll see how Drew Wessling's team responds after losing to Central. Ramona beating Christian up on the mountain. Uh, I thought that was... Um, not to say like I expected that, but I, I think Ramona's going to be a really good football team as well. I thought their line play is pretty good. I think they got a lot of physical football players. I thought their defense was really physical uh, in the scrimmage that I watched them against Cathedral. They're going to be pretty good. Ramona's another team that you got to be worried about in Division Three. They got a really good chance at winning the Palomar League. I like Ramona. Going down the list, San Clemente beat up on Oceanside. I think it's going to be another tough season for Oceanside. Brawley beat up on Scripps Ranch 27-20. Scripps Ranch lost their starting quarterback for the season in Jax Leatherwood. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Um, he's already committed to Nevada. So, you know, he's got he's got some future promise there in going to, to Nevada, which is great. Uh, but that's a tough way to start your senior campaign. Uh, and that's a tough blow for Scripps Ranch. Scripps Ranch, who won a Division uh, Division Two championship last year, went on to win a state championship as well. First ever California school to win a state championship in football and basketball in the same year. Wow, did they get a great prize for doing that. They get moved up to D1. They get moved up to the Western League. And they got a pretty tough schedule in front of them if they want to try to navigate it now without their starting quarterback. They start the season off at Brawley, in which they lost. Like I mentioned, Jax Leatherwood is now out for the season, potentially. It's a very tough injury. I don't like talking about injuries too much when it comes to high school players, but he's going to be out for a significant amount of time, probably the season. 
They got La Jolla next week, which has seemed to be a little bit of a rivalry for Scripps Ranch as the two have battled it back and forth uh, in cross-league games and non-league games and CIF championship games. Of course, that one game that we saw back a couple of years ago where Scripps Ranch um, had the game won, uh, taking a knee, and in the process, even when the officials said, you know, don't fire out, they're taking a knee. La Jolla fires out, knocks the ball away, and all of a sudden La Jolla ends up winning the game after Scripps Ranch was kneeling it out. So that's 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 another part of this rivalry chapter is going to happen this weekend, and we'll see if Scripps Ranch can do it without the quarterback. La Jolla know, understands that. They had to do that last year with their starting quarterback going out in the second game. So Scripps Ranch has La Jolla, Patrick Henry at Mount Carmel, who I know is going to bounce back, at Mira Mesa, who they lost to last year, and a Mira Mesa team that even though they lost by 20 points to the Helix, they had some good size. They had a good linebacker play, I thought. I thought they got a good scat back uh, behind the line of scrimmage that was running the ball really well. And I'll have more names next week once I start learning everybody's names even more so uh, than the own team that I coach. Then they got Canyon Hills, which I think they could take care of, and then it's Saints, Lincoln, Madison, and, and Cathedral Catholic. Scripps Ranch is in a lot of trouble without their starting quarterback. Let's talk about Lincoln. Lincoln wins 56 to nothing in three quarters. They only played three quarters. Capital Christian up in Sacramento had enough after three quarters and walked off the field because Lincoln beat their ass that bad. Great job by Roger Robinson, 186 yards on the ground, continuing to show why he's going to UCLA, continuing to show why he's one of the best prospects coming out of San Diego, why he's one of the silver pigskin type finalists, or should I say, um, you know, award watch uh, uh, watch list. Roger Robinson's going to have a very good year. Lincoln's got a very tough schedule. We're going to learn a lot about Lincoln in the next couple of weeks because they're going out of town, they're playing Bishop Alamany, and they're also going to play St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, not necessarily as good as they have been in the years past, but Bishop Alamany was a couple of wins away from going to a state championship game. They lost to Orange Lutheran, who went on to play Cathedral in the semifinals of the state championship playoffs, and then the winner of that ended up going to the state championship game in Cathedral Catholic. So Bishop Alamany was right there in the conversation, battling it out in D1, of the Southern section. So that's another good team, and they return some guys. So that's that's going to be an interesting game for Lincoln. Apple Valley beat up on Eastlake. Uh, Ayala beat up on Torrey Pines, 28-14. San Diego did not do very well against the Southern section. They only got one win. Mission Hills was able to beat Chaparral, 44-33. But San Diego goes 1-3 against the Southern section. Which is tough to see, especially for San Diego teams, and I don't know what it's gonna it's gonna take to get to the point where San Diego can start start beating some of those some of those teams. But as of right now, I mean the southern section is gonna is very tough to beat. Just very tough to beat. And it's gonna be even tougher this weekend when when we got some of the other games. Eric Soddenheimer of the Los Angeles Times tweeted out, it's big boy football week, and it really is, because a lot of the Trinity League schools up in Southern California, or should I say in Orange County, are going out of state and playing some top teams around the country uh, this week. And then you got teams like Centennial playing Cathedral. Uh, you got a lot of big-time games here in town in San Diego. It's big boy football week, and that's before the Honor Bowl comes to town in a couple of weeks, or should I say next week. Uh, games that happened on Saturday, Cathedral beat Modern Day 28-14, and Mission Hills beat Chaparral 44-33. Let's talk about the Cathedral Catholic Modern Day game. Modern Day's got a, real, a really good football team. I think I think they're going to be uh, in good shape. I think they got a lot of athletes. I think uh, they played very well. I think they handled the wing tee very well. Um, and I, I think they're going to have a pretty good future here in San Diego this season. Obviously a lot returning from the state championship team a year ago for modern day. They took a, uh, a lot of licks in that game on, on Saturday night against cathedral, uh, lost some guys. So hopefully they can come back and, you know, obviously they didn't have Nico Mosley and, uh, you know, Trey Edwards went down early in that football game and, and didn't really come back at all. And we'll, we'll see what the diagnosis is on Trey Edwards. Hopefully he can come back sooner rather than later. But, you know, I, I think Modern Day is going to be okay. Their schedule's pretty tough, but we're going to learn a lot about Modern Day after the first couple of weeks of the season because they start the season off playing Cathedral Catholic, and then they got Carlsbad. They got Red Mountain out of Arizona, who I think they could beat, and then they got Lincoln uh, in a pretty much a uh, winner-go-home situation in week four. 
I think you can even say that the loser of the Carlsbad Modern Day game might be in trouble of making the Open because of how wide open it is, because of how the CIF rating system is different from Cal Preps and the way that everything is laid out in front of some of these teams. You're going to get a team like Poway potentially being spoiler and getting themselves into an open division if they can run the table against their schedule that, you know, I'm going to be quite frank with you. Their schedule is a situ- the, 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 the thing is with the CIF rankings. It really benefits higher division teams that are going to win games. And before you go, well, yeah, obviously that's dumb. I don't know why would you think this is a big deal. It's it's not a situation where it's based on strength of schedule. It's based on wins and losses. And and let me let me be let me let me give you an example here. The effects of Poway's schedule, we'll say. As I pull up Poway's schedule right now. They play a Granite Hills team, the Division II team that they just beat, that's going to win a lot of football games because Granite Hills is favored in all their games that they play, or at least a lot of them before they get to the Grossmont League. They play an Eastlake team that's pretty much the same, a team that's going to win a lot of games in the Metro Division, or Metro, yeah, Metro League. Besides probably beating modern day. Ramona is going to be a good football team. They're not going to lose a lot of football games. Torrey Pines, same thing. They're going to be a good football team. They're not going to lose a lot of football games. And it's not how good those teams are. It's how many wins they have. And it's based on their schedule as well. So if Torrey Pines, let's just use Torrey Pines for an example. If Torrey Pines goes 8-2, and two, and let's just say they don't play for case in point, I know they play a good schedule, but let's just say they play, you know, eight cupcake games, and I'm not saying they do because they don't. Then Poway gets the benefit of playing a Tory Pines team that played eight cupcakes, then playing like a De La Salle that Cathedral is going to have to play. It's all based on what division you play, and hopefully nobody loses more than two games because if you lose two games, you're still on the top top notch. If the teams you play lose two games or less, you're going to get the full points for beating those teams. If they lose one more game, you lose two points in your power rating system. If they go below 500, you lose two more points. And then if they only win two games, then you're going to get the least amount of points for beating that team. So the idea is you want to schedule a Division One team that you know is going to win a lot of football games but aren't necessarily playing anybody good. Those are the teams you want to schedule. So that works out a lot for teams that have leagues like that. Where they got division 1 league opponents but they know that, but you know that they're going to win their league and they're going to handle their business against some of those D1 opponents and they're going to go 8 and 2 and you get the full points for it. So that's what hurts modern day here in a sense because modern day no fault to them have league games against hilltop who's not going to win a lot of games and who's d4 otai ranch who might take their licks and is d2 and bonita vista who also is probably not going to win a lot of games and is in division three so just by playing those games modern day is already behind the eight ball and that's assuming Eastlake doesn't lose two more games. Or doesn't lose a game, I should say. Because Eastlake's already lost one game because they played Apple Valley. And Apple Valley is way better than Eastlake is. We saw it on the field. You see it on the stats. But Modern Day doesn't get any credit for beating an Eastlake team that lost to Apple Valley. They, it'd be the same thing as if, if, if Eastlake you know, lost to, you know, give me another team in D1 that you, know, you don't think is going to win a lot of games. So that's where the CIF rankings, to me, don't make any sense. And it sounds like a lot of a lot of leagues are starting to figure that out and want to go back to the Cal Preps League uh, rules, which might happen starting next year, which I think it should. It absolutely should do that. So that's kind of our recap of the week. Now, let me talk about Cathedral real quick. Cathedral that looked like they always look in their first game, sloppy. A lot of penalties usually, a lot of guys going in the wrong spots with their wing tee, offense, you know, a couple of misplays here defensively here and there. They usually look 
not up to par, especially when they start on the road. Um, you know, you could say what you want about it, but just look at the look at their look at their first game of the season over the last five years, especially if it's on the road. It's either a loss or it's going to, or it's a close game. And and Saturday was no different. Uh, they went three and out on their first on their opening drive. They they stalled a couple of times. They threw a pick. Okay, they got bailed out. They they got a great uh, blocked punt for a touchdown, in which it wasn't even really a blocked punt, but a miscue by Modern Day, in which they punted the ball into one of the shield guys in front of them, and then Taylor Diaz was able to jump on the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. So, and I, I think that's where a lot of the comments came from of the coach's corner. A lot of the comments that came from uh, you know social media, and I thought one was a little bit. I think I think one was kind of a bush league comment. And this guy on social media, I mean, he's, he's hiding behind a, an account and he's getting a lot of heat from everybody because he was very, I mean, it could be a she, we don't even know, but they were very, very ruthless with a lot of their comments on the PPR broadcast, as well as their comments about some of the football teams. And I know some of the players at Cathedral were upset about it, but at the same time, it was like the comment was, this is the worst Cathedral team I've seen in 30 years, which I think is unfair. They obviously didn't watch the 2017 Cathedral Dons. I mean, that team was not very good. And I can say, I can talk a little bit about it. My brother was on that team as a junior. It was a disastrous year. Um, you know, multiple injuries, you know, at quarterback, at running back. Uh, and it just wasn't that great of a, it wasn't that great of a team that year. Went to the D1 playoffs. Didn't even get a first round bye in the D1 playoffs. Had to play a play-in game against Mount Carmel, in which they won and lost to Carlsbad in the second round of the D1 playoffs. And that was it in 2017. And it's only game one, so we'll see what happens. And I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Cathedral goes two and three to start the year with the schedule they have. Just from a standpoint of a lot of the teams that they are playing are returning a lot of guys from last year, and Cathedral is not, and Cathedral already lost to those teams the previous year in Centennial, in De La Salle. Chandler's got the number one quarterback in the country going to Ohio State at their school. So that's a tough schedule coming up for the Dons. We'll see how they handle that, but the real the real deciding factor of whether or not this will be the worst team in the last 30 years for Cathedral, which I don't think it is, will be how they do against San Diego teams. And so far, they're 1-0 against one of the teams, I think, is top five in this county going into next week and going in through the rest, throughout the rest of the season especially if they beat Carlsbad. Which brings me to my top 10 of, of, of the week after week zero. Uh, the Union Tribune writers poll was as follows. Cathedral Catholic 1, Carlsbad 2, Madison 3, Lincoln 4, Modern Day 5, Helix 6, 7 was Mission Hills, Poway 8, Ramona 9, and Torrey Pines 10. The only team that was not ranked last week that's in it this week is Ramona. And then... I don't remember who, who fell out per se. I think it was Scripps Ranch fell out, and that was the only team that fell out of the top 10. My top 10, Cathedral, Carlsbad, Modern Day, Madison, Lincoln, Helix, Mission Hills, Poway, Steel Canyon, Ramona. Obviously, that's subject to change, but I really think Cathedral is the best team in the county still. I think until somebody in the county beats them, it's going to be hard to do so. And even if Cathedral loses their next two games against uh, Centennial and Chandler, I'm still probably going to put him in the top three. Probably number one. And we'll see what happens with Carlsbad, and we'll see what happens with Modern Day moving forward. But again, the schedule they are playing, there's not a single team in San Diego I think that could beat Centennial. I really don't. And I don't really think there's a team in San Diego that could beat De La Salle either. Just for perspective on the schedule that Cathedral is playing this year. Carlsbad, I think, is going to be pretty good. We'll see how many first game jitters they have. A lot of teams usually have those. So we will see Carlsbad against Modern Day. Then I got Modern Day Catholic. I think they're going to be good. If they lose the game against Carlsbad, though, they're going to have to win out to make the Open. We talked about the schedule moments ago, but that's what Modern Day is going to have to do. Madison, I think, is really good. I think they're right on the cusp of potentially past modern day. I think they'd give Carlsbad a run for the money. And I think the Western League with them, Cathedral and Lincoln, is going to be outstanding, which brings me to number five team in Lincoln. 
Uh, I think Helix is pretty good. I got him at six. Uh, Mission Hills taking care of business against the Southern Section team. I got them at seven, like I mentioned. Poway, I think, is going to have a really good year at eight. Steel Canyon, you always got it. You can't count them out at number nine, Ramona at 10. I wanted to get into some of the mailbag questions that you guys sent out on social media. And we'll get to all of them again. Uh, if you're watching this show, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast version of it, uh, we're going to have a little bit more next week. This is just the first first episode after the uh, week one, or should I say week zero games. Uh, we'll have Top Dog in here next week. We'll go back and forth. Uh, we'll break down some games. We'll give some shout outs. Uh, but this is kind of the introductory podcast of the season. Let's get to the fan mailbag. We'll start with Meech at 619 Meech. He wanted to talk about division realignment and how it has impacted the schools that were bumped up. You can argue Scripps Ranch program was set back due to the bump up. He also went on to say coaching from Twitter is now the new coaching from the stands. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that is, it is the new coaching from the stands. Um, you see it a lot. And here's the thing is everybody's got a great plan until – it's go time. And I said the same thing about a lot of people that, you know, on my daily show, 10 to 2 with John Cantera on 97 through the fan, you know, I, we get a lot of heat all the time and, and people always want to talk smack and you don't know this and you don't know that. And I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we know that we just can't say. Um, you know, I really say that on air. I know I'm saying it now, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we know about the dis- different organizations in town that we just can't say. And we got to play dumb on the air, which is fine. But that's 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 what we got to do. So you get a lot of heat and you get a lot of people, oh, I could do this, I could do that, I could do such a better show. And, and everything's different when the red light comes on. The same thing happens when you coach football. It's all fine and dandy until you put your product on the field. And until those people, until those parents or whatever volunteer their time or put their product on the field, it's all hearsay and there's nothing really of value to that. There was a saying that one of our coaches at Cathedral used to have. He's not there anymore. But when he played in college, played at Texas Southern, and they'd watch tape on teams and be like, man, that guy's really good. Guy's really fast. I don't know how we could tackle that guy. Or that guy, you know, he's, he hits really hard. I don't know how we could be able to block that guy. And the response from the coach all the time was, if he was worth a crap, he'd be playing at Nebraska. And the same thing can be said about some of the some of the chirping going on in the stands about what the coaches are doing. Coaches, I'm on your side here. You're going to get a lot of heat from parents about playing time, about all that. It doesn't really matter until their product's on the field. You're the one that's putting you know, their self on the line. You're putting your product on the field. It's a lot easier to judge when your product's not on the field. And I do that a lot too. I mean, that's just, that's just human nature with, with some of the criticism that, that we give out. Let's go back to the division realignment. I think it's a good debate. Um, I understand both sides of it. I understand why the rule is in place as well. But here's my thoughts. If you win a state championship at a lower level, it's time for you to move up. With the way that everything is set up in CIF now, where they do it based on how good you are and not how many kids you have at your school, the goal for every school in San Diego is to eventually get themselves to D1. That's what it should be. And I know a lot of schools know they are who they are, but at the same time, Division One and winning the Open Division needs to be the number one priority for every team, eventually. Long-term goals. Even, even even if it's like not obtainable in the next five five years, that should be the long-term goal for everybody. So that's that's how I start it. Because at the end of the day, but the way everything's run out, with the way that it's based on how good you are and not how many kids you have, the open division is the top four teams in San Diego. And then the remainder of D1 fills out the top 20. And then D2 is the next 20 or the next 36. And then you so on and so forth. So really in the grand scheme of things, at the end of the day, if you win division one, you're technically the fifth best team in San Diego. That's, that's how it is. I know it's going to upset some people. Well, you know, we're, we're not as good as it. I'm just telling you right now, that's what it is. 
That's what people need to understand about Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division Four, Division Five. As upsetting as that might sound, as elitist as that might sound coming from me, coming from somebody that coaches at Cathedral, I'm just telling you the way it is. That's that's how it's done. Now, in years past, before they went to this new system, and it was based on enrollment, yeah, you can make the argument, all right, well, we're going to win multiple D2 championships. This is the size of the school we have. This is the, this is the type of program we have. This is who we are. But right now, that's not the way anymore. So Scripps Ranch, they want a state championship. That's great. It's time to move up. Same thing with modern day. You need to move up. And I think that's an incentive on the top of the part that the scheduling in San Diego over the last five years has been not very good. It just hasn't. There are so many teams that are going outside of San Diego to play games. And I'm not talking about the top four teams. I'm talking about some of the D1 schools, too. I don't know how Steel Canyon can't find a game. I really don't. If you're in the Avocado League, why aren't you scheduling Steel Canyon, vice versa? I talk to guys from Steel Canyon all the time. They can't find a game in town. Lincoln can't find a game in town. Cathedral, I know, can't find a game in town, except for the teams that already play them, which is Helix and Steel Canyon. Helix can't find a game in town. Saints can't find a game in town. There are more and more teams that can't find games in town. Eastlake can't do it now either. Some of these teams in Division Two need to start playing up. Some of the teams in Division Three need to start playing D2 teams. There needs to be more parity, I think, in the scheduling as well. And at the end of the day, if you win your league, or should I say your division, you should take it as an honor that you're good enough to move up. It's not... High school football in San Diego is not like college football. We aren't separating the, the difference between FCS and FBS. This isn't if, you, if you're North Dakota State and you win the FCS, you get, to, you get bumped up to the FBS. We're not talking about it like that. It's more like soccer. It's like European soccer. You get regulated all the time. You get promoted and you get regulated. And I think that's a fair system. It should be a reward for getting yourself to D1 figuring out D1, and then being a D1 school. Everybody in D1 should be proud that they are in D1. Everybody that makes the Open should be proud that they made the Open. It's almost like in college basketball, if you make the Final Four, you get a banner because of how incredible it is to make the Final Four. It's almost more incredible than winning a championship because of the path you got there, and winning a championship seems to be icing on the cake. That could be the same thing for the Open Division. There's some schools that don't even want to be in the open division, even if they're good enough to be in it because they don't think they could beat some of the top teams. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Division one should be a reward for all the teams that fought their way to the top. It should be a constant battle for the top of the mountain. So for me, I think teams should be promoted if they do well and should be regulated if they do poorly. The dynasty thing in San Diego is really over for winning the same division over and over and over again, except for the opportunity to potentially win the open division. And that's that isn't haven't even happened yet with the parity that San Diego has. There has not been an open division back-to-back champion since it started. It's amazing, but it continues, and we'll see if Cathedral can be able to pull that off. But that's a good question by Meech. Let's get to Mark Soto. Coach Soto at Mark Coach Soto one on Twitter. He runs the Honor Bowl. Lots of change with the Cathedral Catholic Athletic Office. In your opinion, is the athletic program better from this? Also, the recent Bosco uh, name, image, and likeness agreement. Are they opening a can of worms, or is high school athletics going to be the next money maker for student athletes? So we'll start with Cathedral. Uh, I got to meet the athletic directors. I get to work with them. I think they are great. I think they both of them are perfect for the school. Um, one's going to be doing the boys sports. One is going to be doing the girls sports. Uh, they're two, uh, two guys that, that get it, um, that understand the importance of like this newer kind of younger generation, the way that everything is going digitally, uh, the way that we're going to stream, uh, football games and, and, and thinking about things from a, uh, monetiz- uh, 
monetization purpose um, in terms of streaming games and, and getting content out there and kind of running Cathedral sort of like a college. I, I think they're I think they're in really good hands with their new athletic directors. Now, when it comes to St. John Bosco and the NIL agreement, of course Bosco beat Modern Day to that. That's what they were trying to do from the get-go. Uh, I think it is a can of worms. It is legal in California for all you high school coaches out there. It is legal for your high school players to have NIL deals. Um, I really doubt that will happen in San Diego too much uh, with some of the private schools, but it is open for there. Um, and we'll see if it starts trickling down to San Diego. Since Bosco's got it, I would imagine that most schools in the Trinity League will eventually go to that. I really do. I really think that's going to be something that the Trinity League does and will really separate themselves from the rest of the pack here in California. Don't be surprised if, you know, Jay Sarah and Orange Lutheran and Santa Margarita and Modern Day and Servite and St. John Bosco and even maybe a school like Centennial or Mission Viejo, some of the big public schools up in Orange County, start to do this. Maybe De La Salle up in Northern California, maybe a Folsom. Um, I highly doubt it happens down here in San Diego, but that's something to think about moving forward. SDFNL 22 at SDFNL Magazine. I think I know who that is. Uh, Valley teams came in and swept San Diego team. What separates them from San Diego teams? Can they continue their winning ways versus San Diego teams? I think the San, I think the Valley teams did outstanding. Brawley got a big W against Scripps Ranch. Central came in and uh, and beat up on on uh, Mount Carmel. Uh, I can't remember the other uh, Valley teams that that came into play, but that's good to see the Valley teams putting together some good squads out there. Um, you know, they've always had at least one team that's that's done very well, and everybody else was just kind of there. Uh, but now you're seeing you're starting to see more and more uh, teams out in the Imperial Valley uh, put together good products. I did see one comment on that. Uh, that was actually on Ruben's post there for from San Diego Friday Night Lights magazine, and it was out in the Imperial Valley. They have started to allow, they have eliminated weight classes in the youth level for football. Uh, so now everybody's playing, and they're getting reps before they get to high school. I think that's a big. I think that's a big uh, factor. I think that that definitely plays into a, a little bit of it. Um, I don't think necessarily you need to play Pop Warner or youth football to play high school at a high level um just maybe one year is probably enough but if the more reps you have the better the better you could get let's go to coach ellis uh underscore five oliver ellis on twitter league realignment should be should there be a rivalry week inserted into the schedule the effect of having games before school versus games during the school year less fans more practice time etc rebuilding of the south bay school stadiums let's start with league realignments um you know i've done a lot of those in the past i i think you know, I think a lot of school districts have uh, impacts on that and the way that plays out. Um, as of right now, the way a lot of the, the leagues do it, uh, it's kind of based on the way the divisions are. Uh, you basically have your North County, you have your South Bay, you have your East County, and you have your city reps. And then from those points, they seed uh, one through five, and then one through five, and one through five, all the way down to determine their leagues. At least that's how they do it in the city. I know they're doing that in the Grossmont leagues out there. Um, and that's something that uh, has been has been put together uh, for a while now. But I will say this. With the league alignment, um, the realignment, uh, you know, I, I, I think there should be a rivalry week. Uh, the Avocado League has done that. They've done that in the past. Um, it seems the last week of the year uh, is rivalry week. I'd like to see that in the Western League. I'd like to see that in city leagues and down in the South Bay. I think it'd be a great, fun way to finish the season uh, and kickstart the playoffs with the rivalry week. Uh, the last thing he's got is can uh, is the rebuilding of the South Bay School Stadiums. That is long overdue. And that needs to happen sooner rather than later. We saw it from Castle Park. We saw it from some of the schools. Um, and the way in, down down at the Sweetwater School District, there's a lot of money that goes ways that, that don't go to the kids, which I think is a joke. Um, and that 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 is a, is, a, is a topic of discussion for a different day. But you're starting to see some of those schools get upgrades, but they all need to have the same upgrades. They also need to have buses for kids that, to, to bring them to and from games as well. That, that's been a, a disaster also. Uh, let's get to one more thing before we get to the games of the week. Uh, Brian McCardle on Twitter says, who are your powerhouses after week one? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think there are any. I think this is the first year of San Diego High School football where it's completely wide open everywhere. I think it's a wide open race for the open. I think it's wide open for Division One. I. I don't think there's one true dominant team where you sit there and look, I don't know how anybody's going to beat them. I think Cathedral's got a lot of vulnerability. I think um, 
I think Carlsbad's got some vulnerabilities. I think Modern Day, obviously, after they lost. I think Lincoln does. I think everybody's got enough of a weakness where teams can exploit that based on matchups. And that's going to be fun to see. I, I think we're going to have a battle coming forward. I'm going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, we're going to get you the games of the week. This is the High School Football Podcast uh, with Braden Soprano. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, coming down in three, two, one. Uh, sorry, I had a quick camera change right there. It's a one-man show right now, but again, thanks again to Fitness Quest 10. Thanks again to Todd Durkin for letting me use the studio. Uh, let's talk about the games this week. Uh, there's a couple games on Thursday, the two most notable games. Uh, Calexico is going to be playing Castle Park at 6.30, and San Diego will be playing at Westview at 7.15. Let's get to the games of the week. Carlsbad will be at Modern Day. I think this is the game of the week. Modern Day is favored by 21, according to Cal Preps. I don't think it's going to be that big of a spread. Uh, take the Cal Preps uh, prediction with a grain of salt this early on. They still got to get some data in. A lot of it's from off-season data. So once they start getting through to about October, it'll become a lot more accurate. I think Carlsbad obviously covers that, but I think Carlsbad... Um, I think Carlsbad gets the win on, uh, on, on Friday night against Modern Day, but I think it's within uh, two possessions. Uh, North County Game of the Week, Mira Mesa at San Marcos. San Marcos, I talked about it, I teased it earlier. I think San Marcos is the dark horse for the Avocado League. I really do. With Coach Carroll at the helm, John Carroll's son, with uh, Jason Texler running the offense, or at least coaching over there. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They're already one of the biggest schools in San Diego, and this is going to be icing on the cake for them, the way that they could put everything together. I think it's a well-rounded uh, well uh, staff that they have, and I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points. Um, Mira Mesa is favored by three. I got San Marcos this week uh, at home at 7 o'clock on Friday. East County game of the week. Otay Ranch trying to avenge their loss from Madison at Helix, who's 1-0 after beating Mira Mesa. Helix is favored by 28. I'll take those 28 points. I think Helix wins uh, pretty effortlessly in East County. South Bay game of the week. The Poway Titans at the Eastlake Titans. The clash of the Titans, if you will. Poway is favored by 16 at Eastlake. I think Poway wins, but I don't think it's by 16. I think they win by a touchdown down at Eastlake at 7 o'clock on a Friday night. I think Poway improves to 2-0. City game of the week. The Steel Canyon Cougars at the Madison Warhawks. Madison's favored by 24 in the game. I think this one's a lot closer. I think this is a very evenable, uh, even matchup between Madison and, uh, and Steel Canyon. I think it's going to be a big game for Major Gibbons, and if Major Gibbons has a great game, Steel Canyon's got a good shot. I think Madison beats them on a last-second play. They win by two or three points, and, and Madison takes the W uh, at home and improves the 2-0 on the year. Torrey Pines is at San Clemente this weekend. I like San Clemente against the Falcons. Lincoln is at Bishop Alamany. I like Bishop Alamany in this game, but I think Lincoln can definitely give him a run for the money, um, and, and they might be able to win, too. They did beat Los Al last year, 
um, and going up to the southern section. But I think Bill, Bishop Alamany will probably get that W. Uh, I like La Jolla at Script Ranch. We'll see what Script Ranch can do without a quarterback. They are favored by 21, but I like the Vikings in this one. Mount Carmel at Patrick Henry. Henry's favored by 22 against Mount Carmel. I think Drew Wesling and company and the Sun Devils bounce back after a tough loss last week and get their first win of the year going 1-1, one and one, and the Patriots drop their first game at home this season. Point Loma at Central. I think this is a very interesting matchup. Point Loma running the wing tee now out there uh, for the pointers. Uh, they're going to travel a very long distance to uh, Central to take on the Spartans, who are coming off a pretty big win uh, against Mount Carmel. I think the wing T is going to give Central some problems, but I think Central edges Point Loma uh, by three points. I think they cover uh, as they're favored by three. Uh, that game's at 7 o'clock. Cathedral hosting Centennial. This is going to be a, a, a battle of some big teams, but I really think Centennial is going to cruise. Uh, Centennial last week was up 71-0 at halftime against Santiago. Now, Cathedral is a lot better of a football team than Santiago is, uh, but it's going to be tough for them. The one thing that's going to keep Cathedral in the game, their defense returns a lot of players from last year. they got a lot of size. They're very physical. They might be able to keep Centennial off the scoreboard uh, but the, uh, for, for a decent amount of time. At least they're not going to give up 85 points like Santiago did. Uh, but I would imagine Centennial is still going to score a lot uh, and will probably win the game by two, maybe three touchdowns. I mean, Centennial is a really good football team. They gave Modern Day a run for their money last year. They're returning a lot of the players that they had from last year's team to this year. Uh, and it's going to be a tough battle for the Dons. Uh, and we'll see what it, what they do after this week against Centennial when they play Chandler uh, and then when will they play Helix before they play De La Salle. It's very possible they start the season 2-3. and three. Uh, Ramona is at Ranch Bernardo. I think this is another big game. Ramona is favored by 14. I'll take those 14 points. I think Ramona gets the job done against the Broncos. That will be at 7-15 uh, Pacific time on Friday. Those are the games to look out for this week. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. Next week, I'll have Top Dog on. We'll be talking back and forth. We'll recap all of these games. We'll give out some awards for some kids who did really well. And, of course, we'll talk about some of the questions that you threw out in the mailbag. So be sure to tweet at us, at B underscore uh, S-U-R-P, at B-SERP on Twitter. If you liked it, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. Uh, be able to like and follow us on YouTube. I'm going to post it on social media as well. Uh, hopefully try to get the audio podcast on the Odyssey app um, and everything that goes along with that as well. Uh, fun talking with you guys. Uh, you know, Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different next week. We'll be a little bit more conversation style. Get your questions in for next week. Tweet them at me, uh, and we'll have a good show. Enjoy some high school football this weekend. For myself, Braden Soprenit, have a good uh, week. Everybody stay healthy, and we'll talk to you guys next week on the High School Football Podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.